Hello and welcome to Mr. Wilson's Second Liner's fifth podcast. This is the final episode of our first series titled Promised Land. The interview for this episode was recorded remotely just as lockdown kicked in. Today you'll hear from Damien. Our theme tune is Ptolemy by Aphex Twin, performed and recorded by Architects of Roslyn. And at the end of each episode, you can name check the tunes and the artists who created the soundtrack. This series includes some adult language, references to the misuse of drugs and strobe lighting, so may not be suitable for younger listeners. It was curated by Will Lenton and Sonia Muirhead. So it's gone from being Saturday, February the 10th, 1990, into the morning of Sunday, February the 11th, 1990. And it's my birthday weekend. And I'm in a warehouse with thousands of people in a place called Oltham, which is not too far from Blackburn. And it's a huge warehouse. And it's been... Uh, one of the best parties, one of the best warehouse parties, acid house parties that I've ever been to. And I've come out actually on my own because very rarely none of my friends were able to make it that night. Um, Bearing in mind we're all still at school age. And I've met some people earlier that night who've uh, took me to the party, helped me meet some of the organisers, and, and dropped me into this party and I've had the most amazing night with uh, thousands of people and it's been a really, a really beautiful experience. The sun has come up, there's less people in there now but there's still uh, a huge number. People are milling around outside as well. And the music's still going uh, and I'm really tired because I've been dancing all night but I still want to stay there, I still want to be there, enjoying this and soaking up the atmosphere. And then somebody comes on the microphone and they turn the music down and he announces the news that they've just heard that Nelson Mandela is going to be released. And this huge uh, cheer uh, goes up from the, from the crowd, like, uh, like someone scored at the football match huge spontaneous response to this news and in that moment it feels like that the the message of the music that we're listening to and the intention behind this gathering of people coming together to listen to music and to celebrate and to dance and to celebrate their life and to change the world to live in a more positive way it feels like in that moment that something's happening feels like something is really really shifting and that sensation and that that emotion uh, feels so strong it's such a, a sense of joy of things being amazing but things getting even better and that the connection that we have in that moment with each other is uh, a strong vibration of love that can that is rippling out into the world and connecting to events and people elsewhere 
Yeah, I mean, there was more going on because it was like the Velvet Revolution in Prague. There was a Berlin Wall. It was all these things. Bum, 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 bum. You know, it was. So it was a time of big change. But I didn't say that bit. But hi, my name is Damien. So this, uh, to describe this, it's it's like a, a, a plastic, very tired-looking, creased plastic wallet, um, a very small one, just to, enough to hold like a, a business card, and in it is a, a yellow card that looks very dated and worn. You can't even see the name on it anymore, and it says Blackburn Self Help Leisure Group, and it's got a membership number. Membership number is four hundred and three. I think it did have my name on it at one point, but it's completely faded. So yeah, that's it really. It wouldn't look of any value or interest to 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 most people. This object is is significant to me because it was theoretically it was a it was a membership uh, for a, a venue in Blackburn called the Set End, and the Set End was really uh, like a pivotal nightclub in the acid house movement in Blackburn. That movement had started at a very small town centre venue called Crackers, which is like a, just a really normal you know venue in the centre of Blackburn, but this little back room upstairs completely blew up. With, with strobes and smoke, and, uh, and it was like entering into a, a different world. Right in the town centre, it completely blew my mind at the age of, of 15 when I started going there. And, and that got quickly shut down, and the first acid house parties, small parties that started in Blackburn, but the set end became like the uh, central hub for, for the scene in Blackburn, and it was also the place that the convoys would meet and then start to go from leading off to the parties that were happening all around Lancashire. And, and the set end was uh, a total dive. It was really, originally it had been like a strip club. Um, there was a pub on one side called the Red Parrot and then there was a set end on the other side and it was the most normal rundown venue you could imagine. But on a Saturday night it got completely transformed with uh, the people who were coming to hear this music that wasn't really being heard anywhere else, in, at least in, that, in the town anyway. So because the police were very interested in the scene and very interested in, in the venue, um, I think the organisers had the idea of going, oh, it's a private members club. So they had these, um, these, uh, these little cards made, which not many people had. Not, a lot of people I know who went to the set end didn't have these cards. I don't remember you ever needing it to get in really um, it's, it's possible this title really made me laugh because it was um, such a DIY music scene such a DIY party scene and so sort of anti-authoritarian in the fact that we're going to take over these warehouse spaces and, and, and just create our own fun for as long as we want, wanted to um, so the fact that it was called the Blackburn Self-Help Leisure Group I just thought was such a, a brilliant name for something that was actually um Quite, uh, quite, quite rebellious and, and, and new at the time. Just to give to give a bit of context, you know, the first venues I started going to 
with these parties um, or these, these events would have been like, you know, 50, 60 people in an upstairs room. The set end probably held if it was packed three or four hundred. The parties started with 50 people and then within a year, maybe uh, 15 months, they'd gone up to 10,000 word of mouth. So with no no phone lines, no flyers, no anything, just just convoys and word of mouth. Uh, and that was the people who got into the parties. They think that some of them might have been double the amount you know, out, outside or looking looking for parties in the area. So, so well, it is quite a big number, you know, 403 members for that, uh, for the set end. But the, the party scene was um, went, went huge in a very small amount of time. So, uh, in terms of Blackburn, uh, Set End, Crackers, Monroe's, Nelson, um, Ewood Mills, Live the Dream, High on Hope, Hardcore Uproar, Moving over more as well, like well anywhere, like so Manchester, the Northwest, um, Hacienda, Conspiracy, Thunderdome, Jam MCs. I'm thinking in terms of uh, Blackpool, uh, Shabu, Hackett's, Oz, in Stoke, uh, Shelley's. Ah, the Knights at Hacienda as well, that were good. Um, Void. Nude. Oh, Blastoff. Blastoff was one of the really early parties uh, before any of this was happening. I mentioned Nelson before because Nelson was the, the way it all ended in Blackburn, where the police the, uh, stopped it all the right police. And their, their thing was called Operation Alkaline. So Operation Alkaline was the police operation to neutralise the acid. So I guess when, when, when this scene was starting, it was a, it was a small thing. There wasn't many people listening to this music at all. You had to go and seek it out, really. You'd hear little bits of house music in the, you know, into the charts. Or if you were if you were into music, you were hearing more electronic music starting to get played um, in, in more mainstream places. But you had to go and seek it out. So when I was when I was 15 in Blackburn, Crackers was probably you know the, the only venue really playing this kind of music and playing it where it was like it was dedicated to that all night and it was such a different vibe to being anywhere you know at that at that time you went out to the kind of cattle market clubs you know the town centre stuff and the boys were in shirts and and it was the boys didn't dance and it was like it was a bit of a threatening atmosphere and the the acid house scene was so different everybody was welcome there was no hassle people just wanted to dance so I, I guess I sought out the places that offered that and there wasn't many so literally there was crackers in Blackburn and I turned up there one night and the place was shut and there was a, a van pulled up outside and they said there's an acid house party now if you want to come 
got to get in. So I just jumped in the back of the van. We were only 15 and, you know, ended up we didn't know where we were. And that was the first all-night party. This, that was one of the fairly early ones in a, in a mill building in Blackburn. And I was just, I was totally hooked. And, and then after that, it, 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 it moved the, the sort of, the, the club scene moved to the set end in Blackburn. So th there was really only that. There was one or two places then. And there was, and it was the warehouse parties. That was it. We'd started going over to the Hacienda in Manchester and that was, you wanted to go there because I, I guess that was the place that had influenced, you know, if it wasn't for the Hacienda, there wouldn't have been these, these other scenes because it was people going to the Hass being influenced by that and going, this, that's the DIY ethic. Let's, let's do this in our own town. Let's set this up. This feels good. We want to do this instead. So, you know, we, we went to the, went to the Hacienda, and and um, which was absolutely amazing. And the draw to going there was was just because it felt like that was like the new a nucleus, you know, like a, a hub to to go to where this energy was 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 coming from. But in reality, there wasn't really warehouse parties in Manchester. The police force was too on it, so that that was already happening in Blackburn. So really, really, the the drive to go to different venues came uh, probably word of mouth that people would say this is an amazing place but also the scene started to move so there, it was heavily in, in, in Blackburn because of the warehouse parties when that got clamped down on a lot of people started to go to Blackpool and there was more of a, a scene happening there and all these things were happening simultaneously but then you'd get like a hub where people move to one place and people move around you know when, when the Hacienda got really um, a, a bit more of a violent atmosphere and a bit on top with gangs uh, and problematic, a lot of people moved to Shelley's and Stoke. So sometimes um, you, you would definitely the music and the DJs and the vibe was a was a was a draw to and an influence in why you went to certain venues or certain places. But sometimes it was also because things changed geographically. The parties got shut down in Blackburn. It was a bit like the town was on lockdown. You know, it, you you couldn't really do anything at all. Um, it went it went the other way. It went from having this very free ethic of we're just going to kick parties off every weekend, literally every weekend, doesn't matter how many police, we'll have more people and we'll make it happen. Um, two, you tried to put on a club night in Blackburn for, for some mates that played house music and you'd get shut down. You know, it went totally the other way. So sometimes the venues and the places that we were going to was kind of influenced by what was happening sort of politically, geographically, as, as well as, as the music being an influence. What was, what was special about the things in Blackburn was that you would you could be in an empty warehouse or an empty building or, and it would be totally transformed into this place where you're like, there's nowhere else I would rather be in the world. And, and Blackburn's a crap place to go, you know, but like in, in, lo in lots of ways. But suddenly you'd be in a warehouse where there was like diggers or old vans in there because it was used for industry and, and the diggers become the platforms and everyone's up on the platforms and it becomes like this incredible venue. So it was a big lesson in in that beauty exists everywhere and that beauty is about what people create when they come together. It's lovely if you've got a great light show and it's lovely if you've got a beautiful building, but actually it's just about people coming. And once people, people's energy comes together, like a space is transformed. There's some people we knew that they were like, their granddads worked in those mills and then they were dancing in them. There was, it was such a sort of transformation of that, with it, seeing that society as the mills are closing and mass unemployment and then a, a new use for them in a, in a different time, you know, where people were behaving in a way that the other generations and the police were just going, what, what are these people doing, you know?
so at that time, the promised land for me was what we were living and the possibilities of, of what, what I felt and thought could unfold from there. And that was, you know, a world, a, a place where there was lots of uh, freedom, you know, no um, sort of bigotry and people of all races, you know, all, all classes, groups, all coming together to dance and celebrate. So I, I saw the promised land as uh, a society that was like um, a great leveller. And, and not in like a dry way, but in a, in a way of like loads of fun and celebration and, and colour. The promised land, if you ask me what heaven is, heaven to me is a never-ending party where there's amazing music and all the most amazing music you can imagine in the world just keeps unfolding. And, uh, and you're dancing and just celebrating with all the people that you know and meeting new people within that space. And, and that's really an aspect of what those, those parties were like for me. And that's why that, um, the name of that song, Promised Land by Joe Smooth, feels so iconic and the lyrics within it, you know. There was a lot of, a lot of songs, particularly from America, American house music that had this really positive utopian uh, vision in the lyrics. And I think that there was something that was really, really created in those parties, in those gatherings that looked towards that and had some of that hope. And I think it's something that it's important to hold on to, even though as you get older, you realise that like when I look back on those parties at the time, I was like, this all has to happen and it has to carry on. And it was a really big, it was a really difficult process, like a grieving process when it didn't for me, when it got stopped, because it was, it was like, that's what I felt like life should really be about. And it was, it was everything to me. But in reality, there was gangs moving in, there was problems with the police, there was all sorts of stuff going on that meant it wasn't sustainable as it was. Things come in cycles, and I think that what that gave a lot of us was it, helped to, it did help to create change within society. It got men on the dance floor, which is, which is a big thing. And um, I think it did create change and possibility, and I think those, those changes and possibilities move sometimes under the surface, like there's a mycelial network that takes roots and then pops up in interesting, creative and uh, communal ways in society in manners that we're not always uh, aware of. Things take quite a long time to, to change and percolate. The, the promised land for me is about um, people learning to connect more with themselves, to connect more with each other, and to uh, create a society that that serves e each other and serves everybody much better than uh, the ones that we've, we've created in the past. That's, that's the promised land for me.
that's the promised land for me. A society that serves everybody much better than the, the ones that we've, we've created in the past. That's the promised land for me. This episode's soundtrack included Set You Free by Entrance, performed and recorded by Phil Davies. Killer by Adamski and Seal, performed and recorded by Chris Davies, no relation. Blow Your House Down by a guy called Gerald, performed and recorded by Howard Jacobs and Will Lenton. No Good, Start the Dance by The Prodigy, performed and recorded by Athol Ransom. And Promised Land by Joe Smooth, performed by Mr. Wilson's and liners. We hope you've enjoyed this series. If you would like to support your favourite raving street band during a challenging time for live performers, please consider signing up to our Patreon. All proceeds go directly to supporting our musicians and the creative development of Mr Wilson's second liners, keeping us rave ready for the future. 